Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans Nation, how on earth are you doing? I won't even ask how you're doing, actually, because I know you're doing great. Because if you're watching on YouTube, if I can point in the right direction, if you're watching on YouTube, you're looking at one of the most loved beat writers in Michigan State sports history. If you're listening, you're going to hear his voice pretty soon. But before we get to that, hey, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Folks, this is a massive one. We got Joe Rexroad on the show here today to talk about John L. Smith. But before going any further, Joe, how on earth are you doing, man? You doing okay? I'm doing good. That's a nice intro, Matt. It's great to see you. But no one gives a shit about the old beat writer. Come on, man. Come on. Joe, no one even on. remembers who I am. What any any time MSU is you know their name pops up on Selection Sunday. I I how long have you, <laughs> long have you been point. gone from East Lansing? Like you yeah, you've been yeah. gone for how many years? And I think like people still count on you for kickoff times. Tip off <laughs> That's times. true. Like, I still do get the yeah. tip off time uh, uh, tweets. You're right. You're right. It's Good. amazing actually. Like how many people? Because you know, like when I left, so I left six years ago, and okay. I figured I figured like I mean everyone like is going to unfollow me. It's actually amazing how many people didn't, but it's like, right. dude, are you not sick of freaking Nashville predators tweets yet? You know, like I hope you've at least muted me for the most part, but I do get those. I like how now it's like Colton, uh, of course, who does an sure. awesome job for us at the athletic cover. Miss you said, I like now what he's the, he's the height weight guy now. Right. Oh yeah. That height yeah. weight and neon too. And uh Sparrow pizza, I think is his Holy Trinity <laughs> right there. Yeah. He's got, he's got a lot of bases covered. Yeah. yeah. With, arguing with the new old man yelling at cloud Graham couch on the, on the exactly beat. yeah I, you're just so talented though like even you know like a guy like me that couldn't give two craps about national predators hockey you you write such compelling tweets about it that it's like yeah you know what maybe i do care about this team actually so good to see wow look at well. the way he weaved four check into that tweet you know that's just you know what? Yeah. Chef's kiss, just beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the opposite of beautiful, actually, uh, we're going to talk about the John L. Smith era at Michigan State. This is something that we started uh, two, three weeks ago. The Memory Lane series, a.k.a. the, hey, it's the offseason, and uh, not a lot to talk about, but we're going to make something to talk about here. And so, you know, the first Memory Lane series, uh, me and Carter Elliott talked about the 2019 Final Four team. So, and we'll talk about players in the future or, like today, coaches, because, listen, they're there's coaching regimes and coaches that don't work out in college football all the time. But then there's like the John L. Smith era. And I think that, and, and I think it helps that, you know, the, the decade after him really worked out well is that now we can look back and laugh at this a little bit, but you know, it's not going to be all crapping on him. Yada, yada, yada. What was your first impression of the John L. Smith era? Actually, what am I doing here? What was, what were your credentials back in this era? Like what was your role in the Lansing area media before we get to John L. Smith? And yeah. So let's see. So John L. So when John L. was hired, I was on the sports desk as a, like a sports, you know, like sports copy editor basically at the Lansing state journal. So, um, so that would have been, yeah. Like I remember, you know, so, so like I remember that day, in fact, (laughs) 
I don't remember if I wrote the headline or not. I don't want to take credit for it if I didn't. But I remember I was on the desk that day. And when John Elwood's hired, if you remember, it was like Louisville was in a bowl game. Yeah. And so so this is, you know, this is what? Like the end of 02 slash beginning of 03. So players are on the sidelines with their, what, massive, like, cell phones with, like, you know, sure. whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, some people had a flip phone if they were really fancy. But, you know, they're on the sideline, like, talking to people on their cell phone because it, the report came out that, that John L. Smith was being hired by Michigan State. But I remember, you know, the next day at the Lansing State Journal, of course, back then it was like, ooh, what's going to be in the paper the next day, everybody? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the headline was huge. John L. Who? Question mark. Okay. Uh, which Ron <laughs> Mason was very pissed about. I, I remember that, but I don't, I can't, honestly, it may have been Barry Keel or Jeff Rudnick or Rico Cooney or Neil Kepke. It would have went one of those people or Vince, uh, Brent, Neil, Vince. I just want to cover all the bases on who have made, may have written that headline. Not that it's sure. like, like the greatest <laughs> I've ever written, but it was funny. And uh, so that's, I remember that. And I remember, so I wasn't on the beat now. I, January of 03, Jack Ebling retired. He okay. was he had been to Lance State Journal forever. Jack, a mentor of mine. I mean, you know, I would say probably a lot more Michigan State fans know Jack, I would think. And um, I mean, he covered them forever. He had been columnist and beat writer at the Lance State Journal. He retired. So in January of 03, I mean, again, this is how it works in this business. Like, I mean, luck is a huge part of it. Basically, they were like, Shit, there's no one else to cover it right now. Rex Road, you're on the beat for the rest of hoop season. Nice. So I covered that. Now I had covered with Jack like the championship team with Cleves and Saban and at the state news in the 90s. But then now this is back on the beat, interim basis. So that was uh, an Elite Eight team, a surprise Elite Eight team for Izzo, Alan Anderson, Chris Hill, et cetera, Calvin Torbert, gotcha. Paul Davis, Mo Ager as freshman. But then also John L. Spring. So basically, I was the beat writer, and I I bribed people in the summer to give me the full time job after being on an interim basis. And so I I covered John L.'s whole tenure basically as as a beat writer. And my goodness, what a ride it was! Can't have a better person on the line to talk about this with because like I I only have vague memories of, of John L. Smith. Like so, one of my earliest memories of MSU fanhood was actually before John L. Smith even happened. It was leaving the stadium. Uh, I think it was a night game against Wisconsin, the last year of the Bobby Williams era. And there were a few students at the top of the lower bowl as we're walking the parking lot chanting, fire, Bobby. And now, of course, John L. Smith now gets hired. And, okay, my next question was, was this considered like a good home run hire at the time? Because he did take Louisville to five straight bowl games, back-to-back Conference USA Conference titles. But I think I know that answer after the headline, John L. Who? Like, what was the just general reaction amongst the fan base or the media when John L. Smith was named to be the guy here? Well, see, I think, Matt, you just uncovered something, you know, like at the LSJ, like we, we should have known better who he was. I mean, he had just been gotcha. Florida State that year. He was pretty good. And we did. Gotcha. But it was, no, it was not a widely renowned hire. I do remember also that day, or it could have been the next day in the Lansing State Journal. Pat Forty at the time was working at the Louisville Courier-Journal, and okay. he wrote a column basically like for Michigan State fans why you should be excited about John L. Smith. And, I mean, he had done well at Louisville. Um, right. You know, I mean, really, it, 
it wasn't like some totally wacky, terrible hire. But, you know, for example, during the process, Marvin Lewis had come in. And so there was, wow, Marvin Lewis. There was excitement. Okay. Now it's Marvin Lewis in 02, had not sure. yet been an NFL head coach. And that's the problem was that's, that's where he was headed, was being an NFL head coach, is what he, what he got. But, but they flirted with him. They got him in for an interview. Um, man, I, I, I feel bad right now because off the top of my head, I don't recall – Gosh, there were some other, there were bigger names that were being bandied about okay. uh, as, as potential. Um, and I, I, I wish I remembered better. Marvin Lewis was the big one where it was like, Ooh, Whoa, what, what a hire that would be. Yeah. Um, and you know, there was also as there every time with any, you know how it is with the college coach church, there's always like people who, who have ties that people want. I, I, I do remember that Pat Shermer, was a name, you know, that definitely people were talking about. Now he was a bigger, uh, I think, a more prominent and discussed name the next time around when D'Antonio got hired. But no, John L was no one was ex- especially excited by the hire. Uh, but I think for the most part, it was like, well, look, you know, keep an open mind. I mean, Ron Mason had kind of gone, you know, uh, on his own to kind of make this choice, and I'd say it was. Lukewarm would probably be the best description. Okay. You had to do one word, and like, well, another good one word to use for John L. Smith, at least you know, as we look back on him, is I, I think quirky is safe to say, and hey, that's for better or for worse. But what, what were your first impressions of him, whether it be like a press conference or maybe a one-on-one interaction, or just what was your kind of just vibe of him right off the top of his tenure? Oh yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was wacky, and it was fun. Okay. It really, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you never knew with these press conferences, what might happen. Um, and for the, you know, for the most part, he was good to cover. I mean, early and Mm -hmm. we can get to the end when it got for me me in particular, but again, you know, I'll take some ownership of of that, but, um, but yeah, no, he was, so I, I, I think back to, a win at Notre Dame his first year. Um, you've been to that that theater where they have their pressers at Notre Dame, like the, the opposing – you know what I'm talking about? At I've, seen, I've seen pictures of it, yes. Yeah. So, so it's – you know, it's it's a big room, and uh, it doesn't – I guess the room doesn't matter that much, but I'm just – I'm envisioning this. I was standing to the side, which I like to do a lot, and kind of writing and waiting for him to come in. And uh, a lot of, you know, it was a pretty packed press conference. And the week before, they had lost to Louisiana Tech. So his second game was a really ugly loss to La Tech. Yeah. And so, and I remember, like, I wrote something about, like, their penalties and just, like, the general sloppiness and sort of, like, you know, commentary maybe on coaching. (laughs) So they beat Notre Dame, this huge win at Notre Dame Stadium, which at that time, that was like Michigan State just did that every year. It didn't matter what the teams were. Michigan State's going to win it. Notre Dame, gotcha. right? So I I don't remember. I, I guess I guess I saw him coming in, but then I turned waiting for him to go up to the podium. I get absolutely two hands shoved in my back. My neck snaps back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? And like the whole room's <laughs> laughing. And it like John L had just given me this huge shove. And that was the first time I recall there were other situations. He would hug Jamel Hill sometimes. I think he, okay. <laughs> he may have faux slapped Dave Burkett in the face at one point. 
Um, certainly, well, two. Well, okay, actually, I should I should amend that because that was the third game. The first game, of course, if you remember, Jeff Smoker yeah. was back that year. A huge part of this Big Ten Coach of the Year debut for John L. Smith was that Jeff Smoker, you know, had had, had cleaned himself up, had gotten back on the team, and I mean, he gotcha. had a great year in that offense. But the first game, they they won, and Smoker is talking. And then John L comes in and just slaps him in the face. I mean, I'm sure you can find on YouTube. I mean, he absolutely <laughs> just, I mean, a loud to the point where if you watch that video, I'm sure it's got to be out there. Like the initial, I'll never forget it. Reaction of Smoker was like what, what you would expect from being slapped in the face. Like, sure. <laughs> you know, like startled and ah, and then like, ah, you know, laugh about it. It's like, dude, you just slapped him in the, like, this is like, this is a college kid. What are you doing? But, it was fun. I mean, it really was. And for the most part, John L would would talk about things. I think he was pretty good with media. And uh, you just never knew what what kind of wacky, you know, what kind of wacky stuff you might get out of him on a given day. Obviously, much more likely to have the fun stuff after wins. Sure, of course. And like a lot of wins in that first season, too. And I want to get to that in a hot second. But unfortunately, Joe, I just got to say goodbye to you for about eh, 45 to 60 seconds right here. As I got to talk to the fine people about betonline.net, that's right, with NBA playoffs heating up. We're in the Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals. We got the PGA Championship. Uh, Colin Morikawa is going to win. Put some money on that. Uh, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info in this lovely sports season we are in. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures at Bet Online. Your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So, hey, head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. That's at Bet Online, where the game starts. And as we welcome the one, the only, Joe Rexford back to the program. Hey, just want to thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. First season, eight and four. We're going bowling. This is great. Hindsight's 2020. Obviously, we know this all didn't work out, but after one year, is the consensus among Spartan Nation and the media like, hey, hey, nice, this is going to work out? Or with Jeff Smoker graduating, like, could you see things kind of maybe flash in the panty, if you will? What's what was it like uh, back in the day? Well, first of all, I, I do have to really quick go back to one another one of my favorite moments of his first season when they, they won at Illinois to get bowl eligibility. And mm-hmm. Todd Schultz, my buddy, who was my coworker, he was the columnist at the Land State Journal at the time, not the former quarterback, Todd Schultz. Uh, I spell their last names differently. Uh, I swear, people would still always write them letters and be like, how come a former MSU quarterback is going to rip the team? Why don't you have some Spartan blood in your – you know, it's like, come on, man. Anyway, <laughs> sure. uh, so Todd so Todd asked John L. about uh, about bowl eligibility, and John L. was just like, bowl, bowloney. I just – I don't know why. I just loved it. Like, I, remember, I think that was like the first line of his column, bowloney. Like, it's just stuff like that. You know, you got to love it. Uh, oh, I would say – so – the season ended and they lost the uh, to Nebraska. Um, this a really ugly game, actually. It, mm-hmm. that was oh, plenty. I mean, you had like Richie Incognito like choking Greg Taplin in the field, dude. There's some weird crap going on. Great. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Didn't Drew Stanton Richie? get injured that game too on special teams? Like that was that, that that's what I was getting to. Is there so there Sorry, was? Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. But that was a, a very valid criticism of John Hell. Was like. 
okay, yes, Drew Stanton is a good football player. Yeah, he, like he could have played linebacker. But, like, sure. he might be your next QB, and you've got him covering punts, dude. And, yes, he tore his ACL in the freaking bowl game. So think about that now. Like, you got a guy with a potential NFL future. Like, everybody's out of bowl games. Back then, why, golly, we played our quarterbacks on punt, you know? Uh, but that was a valid criticism of John L. I will tell you that the first year, the offense – it's not like the spread was new, of course. Now, it wasn't – really, if you go Big Ten history, it was that Joe Tiller team at Purdue in the late 90s that really brought it, you know, basketball and grass. And, uh, I mean, like people struggle with it. I mean, I, re- I still remember. This is how old I am. Oh, my God, what the hell is a bubble screen? You know I mean? But, sure. but, it, but it was it was effective, and, and Tiller and John L. had crossed paths. Like, they were very much part of that same kind of West – upper northwest like family of you know like a lot of the Mm -hmm. same like coaching colleagues and that that offense was really effective um and yes jeff smoker certainly had a lot to do with it but it was it was a fun i mean that team you know they really uh i mean they gave you know they gave michigan a run they they really they gave ohio state i mean it, it was immediately some some you know, competitive games. Now you get that first year coach bump, but then they recruited off it. They had a good 04, at least a well-regarded 04 recruiting class. So, you know, gotcha. I, 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 I was uh, intrigued, you know, and I thought he had a chance and I'll tell you what, I don't know how much things change from this, but what, what, what happened then in 04 is that they kind of dis- they kind of really leaned in on the spread option stuff on the read option with Drew Stanton eventually and they had something for a while you know they had something okay. going into 05 they just you know the, the the defensive side of the ball as you look back it just got progressively worse and that's really where their problem was but offensively, once they figured out what Drew Stanton could do as a runner, you know, you go back to the 0-4 game at Michigan. I have wondered this. Do, do things turn out differently for John Al if they don't blow a uh, a 30, no, a 27 to 10 lead in Ann Arbor with about six and a half minutes left? Because that's a huge, huge game. Um, yeah. It's a recruiting game. Uh, it's and also, by the way. That's a game that would have put them in position to actually fight for the Big Ten championship, and they had it, and they blew it. And um, you could look at that moment as a as a big one, but it was also it kind of went along, along with the theme of you know for all the things their offense was doing, and it was doing very good things in 04 and in 05. Remember, they were yeah. top ten, and they were Stanton. they were, uh, you know they were playing Michigan a huge game. Like their offense was a problem. But defensively, yeah. but defensively, it just seemed to get worse and worse under Chris Smeal, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, that, that overtime game was a great day for me because I watched overtime in an emergency room because I sliced my hand open carving a pumpkin back in seventh grade. So you talk about an all-time <laughs> day for yours truly over here. Oh, but uh, Oh, it was just awesome. But uh, no, no one cares about my stories. Let, let's talk about, like, when did it all turn south? Because, listen – yeah, Stanton's first year, five and seven, not great, but that offense was clicking. And then the following year after, 05, they, they start 4 0, ranked 11th, but just like you said, gut punch loss in overtime to Michigan again. And then the infamous game at Ohio State when he sends 10 people out for the field goal and the kids are playing their tails off, but the coaches are screwing it up. Like, is, is that where the tide started to turn that 
maybe this isn't going to go well? Or was it even after that, before that? What, what do you remember from the consensus of, uh-oh? Yeah, it's a good question because you could you could pick some different points out. Yeah, look, I mean, they are destroying people early in the 05 season. And, yeah. again, the Michigan game happens. They lose in overtime. Uh, really a game that they absolutely could have won. They had a bad start to that game, but and they're right there. Um, and, again, mm-hmm. Michigan can't deal with their offense. But, you know, again, it's, it's, both, it's the two sides of the ball just got further and further apart. Um, yes, the Ohio State game, you have to look at that because they were, again, they were dominating that football game. And look good. Just a devastating mistake. Um, you're talking about, and I'm trying to remember now because, I, you know, the specifics. But you're talking about, I think, what, possibly going up 17 at the half and all of a sudden you're up seven? Is that or, – or, it. Something like correct. that. It, it, yep. it was, and, and they blow that game. Uh, I think one thing that you did see, though, kind of consistently, is that you know the depth um, wasn't there, which which okay. isn't all that surprising. But you saw late season fades. Um, you know, you saw that in 05 to six. But honestly, I would still say that John L. Although there was a lot, it, you know, the the uh, you know Joel Ferguson was not happy. A lot of fans weren't happy. Um, going into the 06 season, there were definitely, there were people talking about John L's job, but that team goes to a pretty good Pittsburgh team, destroys them on the road. You know, Javon Ringer is a spectacular player at that point. He's a sophomore Stanton as a senior. Um, you know, again, offensively they, and and they're blowing Notre Dame out. I mean, if you really want to go to like where it really just, the, 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 the game is the Notre Dame game because again, what if they win that game? I don't think they have a spectacular season because, again, their defense proved to be so bad that year. But but you know what? I also think that so much of the will of that team was sucked out that night in Spartan Stadium up 37-17. If I'm right, by the way, Matt, I mean, I'm, I'm pulling these these scores just out of my, you know, out of the cobwebs. I think that's right, though. 37-17, and they, and they lost 38-37. I think that's right. The, the big number is that they were up 16 with eight minutes and eight seconds left in the fourth. Is that right? Okay. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they're up 37, 17, but like th- that, that's what I remember is that it was it was still a 16 point lead with eight minutes left. And also, yeah. this is what I remember too. Like, I remember watching on TV and the wind was a big thing. And it was like, yes. okay, go to the fourth quarter. MSU is going to go into the wind. And then they cut back from commercial and the wind shifted. It's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> there is a God after all. Like, stars are aligning here. How can they lose this game? They won't. It's not possible for them to lose this game. And then, like, well, of course we know how it ends. Like, and this is so irrational, but this is on the Mount Rushmore of worst losses as a state fan. And like, it's not like it cost him like a national title or, or you know a bowl game bid or a Final Four. If you want to cross sports, like that still is one of the top four losses I've ever witnessed as an MSU fan. I don't think I spoke until like four thirty p.m. the next day. I was like a Tibetan monk, just trying to make sense <laughs> of everything that happened after that game. I was furious, but like so. For the whole fan base and me, like that's where it just completely bottom out, flatlined. Yeah, because then the next, well, then the next week they have Illinois at home, and, and yeah, I remember like Illinois at that time was bottom of the Big Ten. Now that now that was Juice Williams, and they were actually about to start okay. getting good, but sure. they were bad, and they Still. came in, they came into Spartan Stadium, dead crowd, dead Michigan State team, terrible loss, and it's 
the way the team played the rest of the way, they, they played like a team that knew its, its coach was getting fired. I mean, that's just, you know, and even with Stanton, he did all he could, but even the offense really started to break down. The defense was atrocious. And they go to Michigan. And, you know, for the most part, I know like Michigan State's won 10 of 14 now, but even back then when Michigan dominated the series, mm-hmm. most of the games were competitive. You know, I mean, sure. you could usually count on, a competitive game, you'd have the occasional Michigan blowout, but this was like there was no reason to play the game kind of game, you know, in a rivalry game. Um, so, and then, and then, then you go to the next week, and it's Ohio State coming into Spartan Stadium, and I go to Tigers A's the day before a playoff game, and then I'm like, I can't believe I have to cover freaking Michigan State, Ohio State. <laughs> Maglio just hit a home run. I'm watching the press box, but you know, because you knew it was going to be. Name your score, Ohio State. Very yeah. little formation, and it was it was a it was an Ohio State home game. I mean, they just came in and got five dollar tickets, so, so it was dead. It, the, the and so I do. I mean, I think ultimately they didn't recruit well enough, which is usually what happens. But especially, sure. they just couldn't find difference makers, and they couldn't put their players in a good position to be successful at all on defense. The defensive side of the ball was just so bad, and I think there was some good coaching. You know, you think about Jim McElwain. You think about Doug Nussmeyer. Dave Baldwin, I thought, was a pretty good OC. There was some good stuff happening on the uh, offensive side of the ball, but ultimately they got betrayed, and then it all broke down. Sure. And I want to put a, a bow on this really quick in, in the next segment because I, I know we're going up on time. And thanks a lot for being gracious with your time. This has been awesome, recounting everything. But really quick, just got to talk to the fine folks about what's in my hand right now. That is a built bar, and – I I don't like to exaggerate. I, I don't like hyperbole, but this has literally changed me physically, spiritually, and mentally. Built Puffs are the best tasting protein bar of all time. Now, the normal Built Bars are fantastic too, and Birthday Cake is my favorite flavor of theirs. And now they got Birthday Cake Built Puffs. It is fantastic. Let's bang out some stats right now. Just 150 calories, a whopping 16 grams of protein, and 9 grams of sugar. That's it for the best tasting bar you will ever have. Not even protein bar. I'm also talking candy bar too. Go get yourself some, try some. You will not regret it. Your body will thank you for it. And your taste buds are going to sing like a choir of angels when you eat it. And also your wallet's going to thank you too. When you smash in promo code locked 15, when you order your built bars on built.com one more time, that's built.com promo code locked 15 to get your built bars. It's over. November 1st rolls around, and it is determined in the 2006 season, I should specify, that John L., you ain't coming back. But he actually like, does come back to coach out the rest of the season. Why was that? Was he asked to do that? Was that just from the kindness of his heart? Or like, why did he stick around to see out the end of that season, even though it was determined with some season left that we're going to get a U-Haul for you, John. This This is over. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't have a great answer for that. Um... I don't have a great recollection of it. Was a very strange situation. Uh, you know, I remember the press conference and John L. You know, he's like, "And we're gonna win at the end." You know, <laughs> it's like he's like still trying to like pump him up, like we're gonna finish strong. And usually, what you have is you have the head coach gets fired, and then you elevate the interim coach. And we saw this down here where I am, in Tennessee. You got to see some more wonderful Brady Hope coaching uh, a few years ago when Butch Jones got fired. You know, usually. Fine. The rest of the stuff. I mean, you, obviously, you got a staff in place. You have you have these kids playing football. You have games yeah. on the schedule. You got to, the show has to go on. 
but usually you don't see the head coach do that. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was given the choice and he just said, no, nah, I want to, I want to see this through with everybody. Um, but uh, it was strange. I remember another thing that really stands out was that day they had a big press conference in the Clarabelle Smith academic center. And it was like, you know, it was John L, you know, like I'm fired, but come on, you know, I mean, <laughs> but um, I remember that Drew, they, they brought Drew Stanton in to talk about um, the situation. And, you know, mostly it was like, Hey, you know, I love coach. I mean, it was like, yeah, you know, we appreciate it. But, but then they, you know, someone asked him about like the next coach, like what, and I remember, I'll never forget this, quote because i never forget the reaction from john lewandowski then the sid because okay. he did like this double take but stanton was like well we you know we need a coach who like can find grand rapids without a roadmap and it was like whoa you know but but you know to, and i actually i think drew and i think he actually mentioned pat Shermer too he also was advocating for someone with michigan state ties but you know so i don't think that he was like trying to like rip john l or trying to rip the staff but he was talking about a very real thing, you know, which was sure. like, just, they just, they didn't make the inroads in recruiting. I mean, look, I think that, I think you see this with a lot of staffs is that like you, I mean, you've got to, everybody's got to recruit. And if you got some dead yeah. wood on the staff and as, as, especially as time went on, he had some good assistants who moved on. He didn't replace them. Well, uh, things can go South on you in a hurry. Um, another thing I want to mention, Matt, is that, you know, that last year, John L would not answer my questions. He would oh, not go answer, on. Yeah. yeah. He would not answer Todd Schultz's <laughs> questions too. Okay. And I, I bring this up because honestly, I would love someday to sit down with John L and just shoot the shit with him. Cause I really sure. like John L, um, did a story on, on his wife, Diana, who at the time had a, a very grave cancer diagnosis and, okay and had kind of a miraculous, um, you know, uh, battling of the cancer. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a good family. He's a good guy. Things kind of went sideways going into the 06 season. A couple things. One, a story I did about his job being um, in, in potentially in jeopardy. And there was a thing he said in the story about a drunken fan who had popped off at him in an alumni event that he didn't realize was going to be in the story. Um, which, you know, he was, he was wrong in how he took it, but I, but I still, I could have communicated better back then. So I feel bad about that. And also I wrote a story for the opener for game day in the Lansing state journal. And the story was a, a blowout guide. Okay. A fan's guide to a blowout, which I thought was a okay. good idea. Basically That's like if you're watching your team play a crappy team, Obviously, like you can't take away like the the line domination, right? But what things sure. can you actually, you know? So, but he was so pissed about that. I remember after the game, and actually, I think it was Montana, and they only won like twenty four to twelve or something like that. Okay, like, I don't know who would, in the Daily Bugle is going to say it's going to be a blowout. You know, I mean, <laughs> he was so mad. So anyway, eventually, like he just he just would not like. One of us and I, Todd wrote critical columns. I don't know if there was a specific thing with Todd. Todd wrote critical columns. I mean, he, sure about him. He was pissed about it. But we'd ask the question back. Yeah, next. Yeah, uh, Burkett. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. I mean, he just he was totally out. And and eventually, it's like you stop wasting everybody's time. So it's just like, <laughs> all right, you guys ask the questions, and you know, uh, I did ask him a question after the like a million to three loss at Indiana. Um, which is like, like some of the worst college football defense I've ever seen played. And that was the game. 
I want to say, oh, that was the week after the biggest comeback ever, by the way, in 06. I wanted when, to get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. That gonna, yeah. That, well, that, that was going to be like the, the last thing I wanted to ask about because listen, the, the, the last 20, 25 minutes have not been glowing of John L. Smith, but by all accounts, at least from the outside looking in, seemed like a nice guy, maybe even borderline misunderstood. I, I never thought he was like a jackass or anything. So let's set off in, into the sunset with maybe his greatest moment as a MSU coach is that, yeah, they're down 38 to three in the middle of the third quarter. I remember me and my dad were TV shopping because the, the game was essentially over. Now we're checking his Blackberry every like five minutes. It's like, <laughs> are, are they doing this? Like, hold, what was the scene like after the game? Did it give like a maybe a revamp? Like, hey, maybe this isn't over, or was the writing already on the wall at, at that point? It was incredible because I swear to you, like every single person who covered that team and the columnists from Detroit, all of us who were in the press box that day were writing the John L. epitaph. I mean, really, like, sure. like we were writing the obit on John L. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and then this happens, and it's just. I mean, they're getting destroyed. Maybe, maybe that was the score. It was 37-17. No, no, they were down. They were down 31. Anyway, it was the biggest at that 35, time. 35. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah 38 to 3. That's what it was. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. A big score. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's this incredible comeback. So well, one thing I'll never forget about that is so at Northwestern, you kind of have to wait outside like the visitor locker room. And you know, sometimes it's like you're inside, you're in a concourse or whatever, you're not around people. Well, this is outside. And so yeah. all of the parents were there and they knew who we were. And there was some, as, as frankly, like probably thrown at Todd more than because Todd was probably the most consistently like, this guy's got to be fired. Sure. And there was <laughs> definitely some, what do you think now, Todd? You know, like just maybe you guys should stop being so negative. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well, good win, but I don't know that this is going to go. I mean, it basically, like it was like okay, so let's delay it, and that's exactly what happened. The next week they go get just absolutely eviscerated Indiana, and then two days after that they fire. Him. So I mean, it, yeah. like basically it put it off for another week the firing. Okay. Of but what an incredible thing to throw in the middle of all this, you know? And it was it was amazing. I mean, like their performance and coming Stanton and these. I mean, it was yeah. What a, it's been it's been fun to revisit some of this. It, there was some. It was some really interesting stuff. And you know what? You're right about John L. John L's a good guy. And he and he was a pretty good coach. Um sure. staff is so huge, and that was definitely one of his things. Great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Is that the, the staff carries you pretty far? Um he not, brought, not say a good one. He brought it. Sorry, yeah. he brought a good one. He did not replace well, and you got to be ready to do that. And and sure. recruiting, you know, you can always do more. They didn't do enough. I totally forgot about that Drew Stanton quote. I completely forgot about it. The Grand Rapids on a roadmap one. That's a, that's a golden one. And all these have been fantastic stories. Can't thank you enough for for hopping on. I know we're, we're over on time, so super thank you for being generous with your time here. Um, unless there's anything else about John Smith there, I think we covered a ton right there. So can't thank you enough. Um, East Lansing misses you. Spartan Nation misses you. But, hey, good to see you're doing well. Yeah, man. Hey, I, 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 by the way, I drank this. It just, I don't know why. I just thought like a diet Mountain Dew, a Mountain Dew would be like John. I just feel like John knows probably had some Mountain Dews, right? In his life. Uh, and, he, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and yeah, I'll be up. I'll be up more. Now I'm an MSU dad. We actually were at the Michigan game last year, tailgating, which was pretty awesome. But uh, that was a pretty good I, I game to go so. to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll be around. So, you know, if any of you up there, you need someone to buy you beer. No, not me. No, not me. But don't. But if I'll buy but my for you. Yeah. Buy, yeah, I may need you to buy my kid beer. Yeah, so yeah, we'll talk.
Sure, why not? Or if he has a taste for some cinnamon whiskey, I, I got a good connection right there for some sweet, <laughs> sweet fireball, which always tastes well on a fall Saturday in East Lansing. But hey, nice. until then, Joe, can't thank you enough. This was awesome. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week, the rest of your summer. This is part two of the Memory Lane series. And who better to talk to than Joe Rexford about John L. Smith? What an experience that was. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, man.